1: Welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Dave Von joined by my co host, Matt Wispay. This podcast is being brought to you by Blue Wire, Sunday Ticket, Deal Dash, and Bet Online. We have a great show for you today. We are going to be joined by Dave Softy Mahler, who is the voice of Softy and Dick on KJR Seattle Radio 950. You will want to listen to that. Uh, before we get into that, though, Matt, How are you doing today? Shitty. (laughs) Yes.
4: Honestly, like this week has just been like gut punch after gut punch. So, I mean, obviously the news came out last or this past Sunday. And it was like, basically it was all these leaked reports of, oh, all this different news, but the Big Ten is very likely to cancel. They're contacting all the other conferences and trying to get a unified front. And to be honest, I i kind of been expecting it. Like there was as much as I loved the idea of college football coming back, you and I have been very much on the line of like, we hope it's back. We hope it's coming back. And then and you
1: were, and you were even more positive on the podcast than you were in just you and I's private yeah. conversations where you were like, it's not happening.
4: <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I, I've been trying to keep my like expectations low just because of the fact that, I mean, let's, let's be honest. The, the NCAA is not as well run as a lot of other organizations. They're definitely not as well run as the NBA. They're definitely not as well run as the NHL, which is a weird statement considering where the NHL used to be. Um, It's not as well run even as baseball, which by the way, baseball was an absolute mess in trying to come back. But when you talk about the NCAA, how they basically have no power. And so it comes down to all these individual conferences and it all becomes this very dirty feeling. And the truth is if this was all about health and this was a hundred percent about health, I would be telling you right now that they made the absolute right decision that they 100% came out and made this perfect decision that was absolutely necessary. And I fear, um, that I'm not being cynical and assuming that it's not, um, because, when you hear things like Wisconsin a week ago announced that by playing a season without fans, they would be taking, I believe they said a $700 million loss and that they were asking fans to uh, donate to the fund to cover up these losses. And you have like that type of info. And then you see things like you see reporting that the, the conferences uh, the story that we're hearing is that they're, they're really like trying to make a decision based around COVID. But when, there's these reports coming out that it's the other things that are really the big fear. And they're really just using COVID as the excuse to kick the can down the road um, for things like name image likeness and uh, potential unionization. And it's the stuff like PAC 12 United that truly scared them. And so then you get this type of stuff and now you're just sitting there like, no, no, no. It's purely about this one report about a new heart issue that we were concerned about. So yeah, so basically Sunday night happens. We start seeing the reports coming out that the Big Ten is likely to cancel their season. And then following all that, you get the We Are United, We Want to Play uh, movement with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and all these college football players. It's it's just, it became, like, it started to give you optimism because maybe the Big Ten kind of did what a lot of people do when they wanted to push in the they wanted to push out a message to kind of get feedback and the feedback they got was almost universally the players want to play give them a way to play and figure it out like figure out a way because i mean it it just seemed like oh well we're opening campuses so if we can open campuses why is it uncomfortable for them to play why can't they be playing football what makes that substantially more dangerous so whatever. So now all of a sudden we start rolling into the week. We know that there's a meeting on Tuesday, that the Big Ten is meeting on Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. to have a final vote. And now, overnight, they've come up with this message that maybe they're going to push the season back to September 26, back when the Big Ten uh, schedule was really originally going to start. And the problem with it is that all that did was put everyone, get everyone's hopes up like I, I, the, this story bugs me because I was literally driving. I was listening to the Bucknuts morning five podcast and they were talking about how it was, it was inevitable. This movement had gotten to them and we were going to get the news that they had broke it or that they had changed their mind and we're moving to September 26th. And as I'm uh, turning into a parking lot, my phone buzzes, I look and it's the notification I've been really dreading. Big 10 has canceled their season. And then I think it was like an hour later, the PAC 12 has canceled their season. And then you start seeing the adamant ones that the ACC and SEC are, are going to play. And it's just, what is going, what's going on with the big 10 that we're seeing something so dramatically different. So yeah, this sucks. Um, I'm really, really heartbroken. Not, I mean, as a fan, I'm super low risk and all this, like for me, I'll be fine in two months, but boy, does it suck right now. But think about things like like Sean Wade is a potential first round cornerback who basically came back because he'd played slot corner for his first three years in school. And he was seen as a third round pick in the NFL draft, but he was going to get a chance to play. um, He was going to get to play on the outside. And that, that really dramatically improves his chances to move up to a first round pick. They moved back to the spring and the NFL doesn't work with college football to try and like adjust The draft time, he ain't playing. So why did he stay in school? So they just stole a year from him. When you get things like um, kids like Justin Fields. Justin Fields played 14 games for Ohio State. What are the chances he's coming back? I I mean, if the NFL does not work with the NCAA, that number is zero. Um, And then you think about just like there's a guy uh, like there's some probably lesser known stories, but and I only know Ohio state. So I'm sorry about this, but like Jonathan Cooper, basically red last year and he missed the mission Mich- or he came back to play one of his four games in the Michigan game, missed the playoff intentionally. So he could come back for this year and play a full year. And that's likely now stolen from him because I don't think spring football is going to happen. So, and then you, the most heartbreaking to me is this guy by the name of Justin Hilliard, who had to fight to get a sixth year of eligibility because he'd been injured so much through college was granted that year of eligibility. And now, Hey, that season that we just granted you, well, it's gone now. So you either have to fight probably like heck to get another year, which who wants to do seven years? Um, <sighs> my God, or you, your career's over. So it's just, it's so heartbreaking to think of like these kids that all they wanted to do is play. And I, And I do say this with some level of sincerity. We have college campuses are opening up right now. Like most of these kids are getting emails right now, preparing them to move on to campus. Why do we think it is safe for them to be living on campus in these close quarters? But these kids, you're just telling these, these athletes who are telling you that they want to play, they want to play that are tested regularly. Um, have signed and I I know everyone hated the waivers that came out but a lot of these waivers were an agreement with the school that you would follow a certain protocol that you mm. wouldn't go out and you would you would be risking severe punishment by leaving and going and not practicing social distancing that all these kids that are telling you they're willing to do this that it is now not safe for them to play football against other schools largely doing the same thing so you're t- saying that it's safe for them to be in these mass gatherings on campus, but they're not safe to be in smaller gatherings.
1: Right. And before people are like, yeah, but everyone will just go to school online. Like I know for a fact, because my nanny <laughs> who she goes to a PAC 12 school at, she goes to CU. She has two of her classes in person on campus. Like she's going to be around people, which, brings up a whole another set of questions for, <laughs> for me with, well, and how and it's her Nanny, the, but it's like, come on, man. Like what's happening here?
4: Well, and it's just the things they've said, like all summer, they said, well, we can't have football if we don't have people on campus. Well, you're bringing people back on campus. And there's, I feel like there's a lot of political reasons behind that, um, which we won't get into, but um, you, you brought kids back on campus. You're now telling these these athletes that they have to go to classes now i think a lot of the athletes will probably be recommended by their coaching staff to take a full online schedule but even that even so they're still having to be on this campus with tens of thousands of people and in the case of ohio state i think it's literally fifty thousand students um that that's somehow safe but them going and playing in the woody hayes athletic center every day where they get tested multiple times a week, which it it's just, I don't know. The It seems the pr- hypocritical for sure. It's it definitely really and it feels like the it feels like it, it's a money thing where you have schools like Wisconsin, Rutgers, Indiana, Purdue, um, that just didn't have the same type of funding and are looking at this and saying this could be potentially bad for us, and this could potentially be a very bad season for us. But the truth is, I mean Michigan state, I think it was it's think it was Michigan state who came out and said immediately after the ruling of canceling the season like there's gonna be layoffs due to this, like people are going to lose their jobs because of this in order to do cost savings, so yeah it's just baffling to me um i I can't defend the big Ten on this sense like i again i I think that the I can't say it myo Mayo, uh, Mayo Arp, whatever the hard thing that came out that is real. Is if you are an athlete, it affects them at apparently a higher rate if they catch COVID. And you have a basically you are put on essentially bed rest for two to three months if you catch this specific heart thing. Because if in that stretch your heart uh, starts to beat too fast, you're at risk for cardiac arrest, and it's I mean it's terrifying. Yeah, but I say all about
1: myocarditis like, or whatever. That yeah. thing
4: that came out. Yeah, I yep. I can't say words that are longer than three syllables. So, but when that comes out, but then you see things like the big 12 then being proactive and saying, well, we're going to require them doing EKGs. And again, it's, it's not perfect. But if you're doing COVID testing and you're doing EKGs, and I know everyone thinks this is super invasive, but EKGs are really not. You're just you're, you're doing what you can to make it safe. And I think the answer was let's continue to put these protocols in place. Let's provide, you know, assistance to the schools that are really going to struggle through this. And yet somehow we're in August and it seems like they just crossed their fingers really hard that everything was going to work out. And when it wasn't perfect, it's gone. So it's a bummer. Um, I think we've watched the last college football snap of, at least Justin Fields. Um, I mean, we we lost a whole bunch of fun people last week. Both Bateman and uh, Bateman and Rondale Moore had already like we were playing, This is what's the, the worst I know. part about this podcast is you and I were planning to come on here last week. We almost did an emergency podcast when uh, Ron, uh when Rashad Bateman uh, dropped. I was I was sitting in a lake house and we were like, do we need to do an emergency podcast because Bateman and then. Micah Parsons, the most fun defensive player in. who we had just gotten done talking about, like the like, week before <laughs> the most fun, fun to player in college football and defense. He then announces his, and then Rondale Moore announces that he was dropping And like were we were planning on talking about this stuff. It was huge news. We were, I was going to come on here and make a joke that we picked the worst week to take a vacation. Cause all this news dropped. Yeah. And then the news that mattered hit and kind of crushed all the dreams that we've been hoping for so yep. i yeah. mean I, you know i'll be very honest if the sec and acc play football uh and big 12 play football i'll i will watch so much college football um oh for I, sure absolutely I, I mean this won't make me turn off college football we'll continue to get on here we'll talk i don't know who i'm gonna root for because i, I guess in theory I, I can't root for gundy I'm not rooting for the other OSU. No. Um,
1: it's easy, dude, because you know me. Like I've got a team in every conference, so you,
4: it's because it's it's, you are you're yeah. different. We're we're like, we're
1: rooting for we're rooting for the U. Yep, yeah. we're rooting for the Wolfpack. We're rooting for the Razorbacks. Like it's gonna be I brutal. Mean, it's gonna make I us feel cry like I, a lot.
4: <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> well, root we're gonna for. Be... <laughs> See, the thing is, is like I want Trevor Lawrence to go out on top because I want Trevor Lawrence to be amazing. Um, like I want his draft stock to just be perfect and flawless and then to say, oh, he's an even better prospect than Andrew Luck was like, I want that to happen. So yeah, I I mean, I'll root for Clemson to win all their games. I'll root for Alabama to be smart and say, well, this is a loss season anyway. Why the heck would we waste our time with Mac Jones? Um, and I'll probably just, ugh, I'll find a fun team. I'm rooting for North Carolina.
1: Yeah, that's it. You you love your boy Hal, so that I makes do. sense. Uh yeah, I know <laughs> you so it's always difficult because I'm an old guy, like doing movie references, but like you remember Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Where he's like freaking out and he's like, our pets' heads are falling off. Well, this morning, no, last night. So I get home, heard the news, I'm bummed out. Last night, go to feed my fish, my kids' fish who we moved from Seattle down here. Like we drove him from Seattle to Boulder. He died yesterday. I'm like, you know what? 2020 sucks. I hate life. <laughs> like this is it's just the worst. Last week my like the week before my my other son his pet frog died. So like it's just the worst. Pets are dying, football is being canceled, and uh it's it's rough. It's just not it's just not fun. And uh yeah, I think it's really difficult. Like it's hard to know what is the right thing to do, but i I agree with you like some of the reasoning we're given it just doesn't it doesn't seem to line up with other actions that these universities are also making i mean
4: it's it's hard at least with like the mac like they we all kind of know the mac is lying when they came out and said it was medical reasons like the mac when when they canceled if if you believe that the mac canceled because of uh health reasons i'm just going to come out and tell you you're wrong um they didn't they they canceled because teams like Bowling Green had a two or two games that were seven figure paydays on their schedule. They were going to make over a million dollars playing Illinois and they were going to make over a million dollars playing against Ohio State. They lost once Ohio State or once the Big 10 went to a conference only schedule, the MAC was going to be financially destroyed if yeah. they actually moved forward with the season. So like at least we knew that. The Big 10 does not have that issue, they've got the big Ten network. they're freaking loaded they ha- all these schools have individual deals where they're making additional money. The idea that anyone any one of these major schools is gonna become in like a financial hardship by losing um the ability to put fans in their stadium, yeah, is it gonna take a hit compared to like the previous year? Sure, guess what You can probably hold off on that new building you were gonna build that let's be honest probably is you're only doing so you can build a new building. Uh, you can probably hold that one off one year while we get through this crisis. So it's just, it's so frustrating and it's so annoying and it, you just hate to see it because the the people getting hurt by this, I'm, I'm going to say this, screw the fans that are getting hurt by this. We shouldn't matter. Think about all the players that all they wanted to do was come back and play Think about all the guys who were seventh round draft pick potential guys who said, "You know what? I had a great summer. I'm gonna have an opportunity to actually get drafted and actually have a chance in the NFL, who now lost that chance. There are so uh, there are two offensive linemen who decided to come back after the playoff last year, who basically were were told like you're you're late day two picks, but if you go back another year, we believe you have the upside of being a first round draft pick. What is their, what do they get to do now? Like, cool. Yeah. Like, I literally can't improve my draft stock other than just be jacked when I get to the combine. So. And and who's going to be invited to the combine? I mean, what's, what? what is that even going to look like
1: now? What's that based off of? It's,
4: this is going to be, I don't know. It is going to be really interesting. And truthfully, I I I hope people realize that if you're a school like Michigan State or you're a school like, indiana or nebraska or like really if you're in the big 10 and you aren't ohio state and i'm gonna even give michigan a little bit your recruiting is screwed Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. understand that your recruiting will be dramatically impacted by this just because people are looking are going to these kids are going to see this and they're gonna say they don't care about football as much as they do in the south huh you're telling me that i have a chance to go play at mississippi state where they're actually going to let me play football. Hmm. I'm going to go there. Or it's just, I mean, there's going to be dramatic and long lasting impacts to this. And honestly, I, I don't know if I can blame an 18 year old kid who just wakes up and says, I want to play football, not wanting to be sitting in the situation where they have to worry if their conference is going to pull the trigger too quick. Right.
1: And even like speaking to what you were talking about with like undrafted or like late round type picks, like, of the league right now is all is is made up of undrafted players. And now these guys are going to be, you know, potentially a year older without having played football and no tape for their final year or or one of their years. It's just, it's just a mess. And it it really sucks for, for these guys, like you said, like these individual players Um, it sucks for us too uh, as fans. It sucks for us as podcasters and it sucks. It just, it, it just sucks for everyone. It's just such a disappointment. Um, but, uh, I, I'd love to kind of pick your brain a little bit about what this means for Debbie, uh, what this means for, um, yeah, just looking at fantasy football in general. Uh, but let, let's, uh, let's, uh, have Thank some our sponsors news. before we do this. Yeah, so, and, and we do have some good news, like at least, yeah, we may not have all the college football, but there is some good news.
4: So Sunday, Sunday, Sundays, they're coming back in the NFL and with, NFL Sunday Ticket.TV. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus you get red zone and direct TV uh, fantasy zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket.TV is your key to the most glorious Sunday ever. Use the code blue wire at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFL Sunday Ticket.TV and use the pro- promo code blue wire.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, what better time to do that if we're not going to be having, you know, half the games that we're used to, uh, with, with, cause I know you and I, we both, we consume both NFL and college, um, a lot. So this is just a great opportunity for for people to be able to catch even more football. And it may not. I mean, it's called NFL Sunday Ticket. But if uh, if the SEC and ACC and Big Twelve get canceled too, we'll probably have NFL Saturday and Sunday uh, going on on on, a, on Sunday Ticket. So do check that out. It's a great deal. And uh, yeah, I'm excited that you know uh, we we may not be able to uh, enjoy all the college football that we want, but we will still looks like we'll still have the NFL. Yeah. So. Oh, I also should have mentioned this at the top. Of course, um, we have updated our Debbie rankings, you and I, it's going to be, um, on the website pretty soon in the, in that new format. Um, how much, how many changes are you going to be making
4: to your rankings? I hate um, to say, <laughs> I hate to say it, but probably a lot. Um, yeah. so for me and the, the biggest reason I like, quite a few of mine are going to change are I had a lot of projected position like projected improvements for this year to people's profiles. So probably one of the guys that'll take the biggest hit for me is a player I love. Uh, I'm on Ross Ain Brown. He is a player that I have, I believe as a top 10 overall wide receiver. And I think I have him as a fringe first round pick, uh, even in super flex, super flex leagues. Um, He is a the wide receiver at USC. And one of the biggest reasons that I was so enamored with his upside was because he looked like he had potential for an alpha dog final season. So. uh, It's just it's hard to keep him like he's been about a 20 something percent market share guy. He's been a a very good contributor, but. This was his opportunity to potentially have the the elite breakout season with even the potential upside of like an insane 40% market share, which it sounds crazy, but it's what you kind of look for. That's how you jump from being the good to the super duper elite. And he was one of those guys I was projecting to make that jump. And now without the season, I have to drop him because yeah. so much of my ranking was built on his upside. For this year and, and the draft capital that would
1: ensue. No,
4: yeah. undoubtedly, Yeah. And then, uh, and I'm, this is hurting my heart. This is hurting my heart a lot. I have to drop Chris Alave. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I'm holding back tears when I say this, but Chris Alave was another guy. The big reason I loved him was because I knew that coming into this year, he was a potential breakout, like potential superstar um yeah it, i'm oh, i'm not gonna drop him far and honestly the thing that's gonna keep his draft keep his debbie ranking roughly the same as people like todd mcshay todd mcshay released a uh he released a mock draft today he had him in the first he, round didn't he he had him in like pick 18 yeah which is that. lovely so if I continue to see stuff like that, don't assume Chris Olave will fall far. But he's he's kind of one of those ones too. Like I was projecting him to have a better year than Rondale Moore, and impress enough scouts that he was going to get drafted before Rondale Moore. Um, I was projecting him to have a better year than Devonta Smith and potentially get drafted in the same round as Devonta Smith. So you're talking about a guy that is like. There was so much, and I mean, it, it's just kind of like now, I, I mean, honestly, like, so one of the guys that I would basically had on my no draft list was Tamorian Terry. And it's largely because I saw him as a very good player, but at his pick, would I rather have him or would I rather trade back a couple slots and get Chris Lave? And I've, I've been in the camp of, I'm never going to pull the trigger on Terry. So, <laughs> but now if there's half the games on tv and he gets to be on the spotlight game does that help his draft stock does that does he now have a leg up on the guys like st brown and alave and now he might have a chance to improve his stock so it's hard to say i'm keeping my fingers crossed that it's good for some of my favorite guys um but i don't know Fingers crossed! It's a two-two Atwell season. That's that's yeah. what I'm rooting for.
1: There you go. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean, like we haven't really had this conversation yet over at Rotaviz with the the other guys who do the rankings, but we're gonna have to sit down and discuss it because uh, there's so many new factors in play and a lot to consider because there's so much unknown still. Like everything is, you know. It seems like final for now, but as we've seen, like everything's final until it's not. So, uh, while the ACC and SEC and big 12 intend to do things that could all change. But, um, I, I think for me, what I'll be doing is, is, is similar to you guys who aren't going to be playing who I was expecting uh, big jumps from, uh, they, I can't assume those anymore because I, I don't know what will take place, um, in order for them to raise their draft capital for them to, uh yeah to to impress people um i don't know what the like should i ask you about the
4: player that has your heart what are you doing with journey
1: i don't know i mean to me he's he's i mean he's got so much helium right now uh and debbie (laughs) stock is
4: his stock is really on the rise in debbie leagues right now. i
1: don't under and i don't understand it because like i was the high guy on journey brown a year ago and then um
4: I feel like like, now
1: I'm just normal. Everyone is caught up to me and past me. And I almost feel uncomfortable with how high he's being, he's going. Um, But, but that was again, based on projection. And and we can't assume that he is going to get drafted before any of the guys from the SEC that are actually playing. Like there's no way someone's going to grab Journey Brown ahead of Kylan Hill in the NFL because, and they probably wouldn't have anyway, of course, but, but that's what people were hoping for. Um, who were who were drafting journey brown like now a guy like kennedy brooks if if he's given the opportunity to play it at um oklahoma and he really just impresses he's gonna go ahead of a guy like journey brown so i i don't know and now journey brown may need to sit and play another year so now you're talking about another year in college another year further from being relevant to your fantasy football squad so it's yeah it's really hard to know with some of these guys that we were hoping to make the jump. I was actually going to bring up the running back position because you and I kind of felt differently about the running back position where you felt there was like you know two really, really great options and then a, a pretty it small sucks. tier <laughs> of roughness and then a huge tier of just like massive question marks and grossness. Whereas yes. I was like, man, I know that the cream is going to rise to the top. And by the end of the year, we're going to have a nice running back group. They're going to get drafted and we're going to feel really good about it. We just don't know those names yet. And now I'm afraid we're not going to learn those names because we're not going to see people play.
4: I guess here's like my question is, or that goes along with that. It's like, so CJ Verdell, if if they do actually push for a spring season and the NFL doesn't accommodate them, we're going to lose a lot of these fantasy relevant guys aren't going to play. So a guy like CJ Verdell, he was a guy that had been getting a pretty heavy workload. It was always going to be in a committee, but he was another guy that like another strong year potentially a a round three like day two kind of guy if he does what he most likely should and is at best interest and declares for the draft and just decides i'm gonna i'm gonna go get in the best shape i can possibly be in i'm gonna try and crush the combine i'm gonna do what i can to run a sub four five forty like his stock is is very halted so he's like, the, the chance of him really improving his stock at the NFL level is all going to be based on his 2019 tape, which was fine. He was probably the best member of a committee, but now you compare him to a guy like, say, Journey Brown. So what's the difference between the two? It's really going to come down to, like, all right, which athlete, which guy shows up and impresses us more at the Combine. So yep. it's going to be re- – it's it's super-duper intriguing for me because I actually think this might be – and I always say this, but if you're in a league that draft does your rookie drafts early, there's going to be a lot less consensus about players six through 12 than there normally oh, was like, so yeah. normally you get by about like June, you have a decent feel for who picks one through 12 or there's probably a little variation. People favor one guy over another, but yeah, if your pick 10 you might get a guy that in another league goes five. You might get a guy that in another league goes six or so. Because I just think there's going to be such a variety in drafts because what do you do with these players? Like, uh, I, It's a good thing I already own Chris Alave in all my leagues. Um, and I basically only have one dy- like traditional dynasty league left at this point. Because I wouldn't know what to do with him. And knowing me, I'd probably just take him like first overall just to make sure I had him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. But
1: no, I like it's, it's
4: just one of those things. I think that we're going to see a lot more inconsistency. And the one thing the players that does hurt are the players that are potential like back end of the draft guys, the guys that we were really thinking like this could be the year that they, they break onto the scene. So for me, that was a guy like uh, Dante Dinas out of Maryland. Dante Demas was, if you look at his stats, they look eerily similar to DJ Moore and like eerily similar. And Maryland, despite the fact that they haven't had a good quarterback since 1952 um, has managed to put out good wide receivers. And if you looked at him, he looked at like another guy that could have been that guy. And one of the biggest things that was really interesting about him was his main competition for targets was going to be an incoming freshman. So, incoming freshman who is potentially not going to be the ball hog that he would be in like two years. You have this guy that the coaches know his name and that threw him the ball a ton. So Demas looked like another guy. His market share was going to potentially be crazy. Well, let's say they both both Demas and this true freshman play in winter. Now the established relationship that he had with the quarterback is potentially slightly less of an advantage. So maybe his market share isn't as great as it would be had they just played in the fall. So there's so many variables when it comes to evaluating these players. And the truth is, I, I just think there's a pretty simple move, which is if you're con- if this conference is not playing, you shift them down a few spots. And it's... Yeah. Unless it's a guy like, well, I'm going to... Kind of go on a stand here for a second, and just say if you're putting Rondale Moore as your wide receiver two, you love risk.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. That is a good. I point. think
4: I I would say if anyone is trying to sell you right now that Rondale Moore is the wide receiver two in this class, mm. that person does not play fantasy football with a risk a, risk averse mindset. They want to play pure upside, and that's fine. And you shouldn't ever really run from upside. But we're now talking about, about a player who will have sat out two full seasons, and yeah, he may be a freak athlete, but we have not seen him play football in two years. So I really hope you're okay with that, and I really hope that he gets drafted early. But do you think the NFL is gonna is guaranteed to value him the same?
1: Yeah, they I mean, would have we 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 i mean certainly not if he would have done what people are expecting him to do
4: and you know, that's like yeah it, it's just i think he's uh, he's the one for me god there's so many of them but he's probably yeah. the one for me that's going to fall the most well let's um we we
1: know we're going to be back in a couple weeks here we'll be back in 2 weeks and why don't we um at that point look we'll look at our rankings and see which players uh cuz we'll be doing that in the next couple of days here, we'll be making adjustments and we can see uh, what, what who we move the most and, uh, and and kind of figure out some of the, the reasons why. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking about that's going to be interesting is uh, one of the things that Rotaviz that we rely on heavily is like the, the age of player was drafted. And this could really screw a lot of that up if, if players decide to, you know, like I, I missed an entire season and I, I want to go back now, even though I'm super old for a, you know, a junior or senior now um but i want to improve my draft capital potentially by my playing on the field and not just what i can do in the combine it could really mess up our models uh quite a bit there there might be some uh some uh, some caveats and asterisks that we have to put in place because of because of how that could adjust things but yeah it's uh it's a it's a, it's a whole new world out there it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens um like you i hope there is football uh at some level even if we don't get to watch our our favorite you and i don't get to watch our favorite teams yeah and that's I, and that's the the real bitch about it too is both your team and my team you so more than mine had a real shot this year um like i don't think oregon was gonna you know you had it i mean it you all had a real shot at
4: winning the pack 12 like you we were, we were
1: we were the you favorites added, to win the pack 12 yeah. and you were,
4: and there was a strong possibility of you getting a playoff spot this year just if you ran through the pack 12 stop it i have to you, stop we have to stop no. oh it's so sad i i, I get it it's just I like i i i feel your pain because yeah you could have gotten your first playoff one since 2014 nope yep your first since 2014 we had a we were looking at a potential for a potential or a revenge game against Trevor Lawrence to try and ruin mm-hmm. his college career. <laughs> and yeah, it. I mean, for the truth of it is, like I said, the biggest pain for me as a fan is whether it's Ohio state, whether it's Alabama or Clemson, we were very mo- much missing out on probably the potential for the greatest playoff that could have ever occurred
1: hmm yeah potentially i mean the talent the talent this year uh i mean maybe we think this every year and we get excited and and caught up in the hype but this year did feel special
4: i mean if sam Howe somehow turns sam howell and jaden daniels somehow make their teams playoff contenders that's the only way you're getting an equivalent the next year mm-hmm. like that's it, i know that everyone thinks this is hyperbole but you're talking about two guys that when they came out of high school, they were the two highest-rated prospects in 24 /7 by a lot, and both of them playing on national championship contenders at the same time, both of them already with great college careers and great stories going with them, and were robbed of that.
1: Yeah. oh man. Well, <laughs> what now? How do, we, I guess- how do we not end sad? No, I mean, we do have, uh, as promised, we do have that interview with Dave Mahler uh, from KJR Radio up in Seattle uh, to talk some Pac-12 stuff. And we'll get to that right after this break. Matt wasn't able to join for that part. It's just me and Dave. So you'll get to, to listen to that. Uh, before we do that though, um, I do want to let you know of one more of our sponsors and that's deal It is the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDish is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. So go to DealDash.com and use the offer code RotoViz or go to DealDash.fm slash RotoViz. That's dealdas dot F M slash RotoViz and check out DealDash. It is pretty fun if you like auctions it's it's kind of like a a draft it's uh it's good stuff uh matt before we uh switch over to my interview with dave any parting words for our dear sweet listeners
4: still by chris alave
1: i love it i love it
4: welcome into
2: rotoviz radio i'm dave caben host of the rotoviz fantasy football podcast i wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting rotoviz radio We love producing these shows, and we hope that you love listening to them. As a thank you, Royal Podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one-year Rotovis subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRadio at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business, and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show.
1: I'm excited to have Dave Softy Mahler join us today. Dave is one of the hosts of Softy and Dick, which airs every day from 3 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Pacific time on 950 KJR Radio in Seattle. You can listen to him from anywhere in the country, of course, on iHeartRadio. Just go to sportsradiokjr.iheart.com. Of course, you can find Softy on Twitter at SoftyKJR. Dave, how you doing, man?
3: I'm well. I'm well. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's great to have you on. I was recently up in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, I was getting all excited for football and just being uh, being around everything. It was it was just really, really fun. And then uh, we hear the news yesterday that uh, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are canceling. Um, I had already, you know, chatted with you about coming on just to talk about some of the other news going on with We Are United and whatnot. But now we had this big bombshell dropped on us and uh, yeah what what are your just overall thoughts just as you've been processing this over the last uh you know day or so
3: well it's a colossal bummer no question about it you know it's uh it kind of falls in line with the the list of things that you never thought you'd say you know uh going back to the sonics move to oklahoma uh right. pete carroll is the coach of the seahawks uh and there's no husky football in 2020 i mean it's just it just sucks and You never thought you'd live to see a day like this, never even uh, assumed that you'd even worry about a day like this. I mean, there's just certain things that are automatic, right? You know, baseball season getting played, the Seahawks season, Husky football getting played. I mean, it's the first time ever that they've canceled the conference season, the first time since 1891 that we're not going to have a football game on, on Montlake. So it's just brutal to comprehend uh it, it's it's borderline offensive to me almost to think about you know what has happened that's transpired that led to this whole thing you know i've been saying on the air for the past four or five months if we get to the you know september and there's no football then shame on us i guess right. well shame on us i guess and you know shame on us doesn't necessarily just mean shame on people for not wearing a mask or shame on people for not getting the virus under control it means shame on everybody. and I mean, shame on the government, shame on the Pac-12, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, the presidents, the commissioner for not trying to figure out a way to pull this off. I mean, I got questions that are still unanswered about why they pull the plug so early. I got the Big 12 on one hand talking about playing, and they got all these ideas on how they're going to deal with this, this heart defect, this heart issue that comes up if a kid gets COVID, and that apparently is okay for their doctors. I got a guy, in, you know, at Duke University in the ACC, saying that they think they can get this thing under control. And in the meantime, the Pac-12 has just given up, and they're just punting. So, you know, what what exactly is the Big 12 doing? What exactly is the ACC doing that doesn't work for the Pac-12? I mean, obviously, we have a different set of opinions here. We might have a different level of risk tolerance, to be honest with you, from one area of the country to the other, Uh, from the south and the midwest to the west coast. Obviously, you're going from – more conservative, more red to more blue and liberal as you as you, as you you head west to California. So uh, this is political in a lot of ways, and it just bothers the hell out of me, and it's ridiculous, and there's a part of me that believes that if the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 play football this year, but the Pac-12 doesn't, and those conferences get through the season relatively unscathed, uh, I think it's going to make a soft conference look even softer, to be totally honest with you.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's super fair, and uh, I, I always appreciate your uh, your candidness. No, there's there, there's no uh, hiding your 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 opinions here, which is fantastic. Uh, you mentioned uh, the commissioner of the Pac-12, Larry Scott, um, and, yeah. and the Pac-12 in general. Do you think this really uh, will? I mean, he's not the most popular guy anyway. Just the fact that the Pac-12 network, for example, is impossible to to find at times, and uh, you know, it's there's a lot of reason that people don't like Larry Scott. But do you think this could be one of those things that just add on to the list of of reasons why people want to see him out
3: yeah i think a lot of people are disgusted with him but i also think when it comes to larry scott it's fair uh a lot of the criticisms are fair and i have a laundry list of criticisms that we could go over if you want but i think in regards to this this wasn't his call i mean there's 12 conference presidents that made this call right this is this is michael shill from Oregon. This is uh, Annamari Kausay from from Washington. I mean, this is a conference president level type of situation and decision. There, there is no way in hell that Larry Scott was asked by the conference presidents to say, "Larry, the ball is in your court. You go ahead mm-hmm. and do whatever you think is right." There, there is no chance that Larry Scott made this decision on his own. So, if you want to be upset at somebody. Uh, be upset at the conference presidents. And really, when it's all said and done, they are the ones that you should blame for everything. I mean, every, every criticism you've got of the Pac-12 should, in the end, go back to the conference presidents. If the conference presidents don't like the job Larry Scott's doing, Larry Scott wouldn't be there. If Larry Scott was making too much money, the conference presidents would make him take a pay cut or they would fire him. If the conference presidents aren't happy with the TV deal or the footprints, or anything that emanates from the office in San Francisco, they would make a move. But they've kept Larry Scott on the job, right? I mean, they are the ones ultimately responsible for the fate of the Pac-12, and they are the ones that made this decision yesterday. As much as I would like to hammer Larry Scott for all of this, this is not his fault.
4: Okay,
1: yeah, that, that no, I think that's a really good, uh, really good point. Uh, do you think the uh, the other the other big you know, ideas, Oh, maybe we get spring ball. And I know you had um, yeah. Rick Neuheisel on the show and, and he thinks that that's, that's a, a possibility. And you've had other guests on your show that, that don't, where, where do you land? Where do you think yeah. we'll be with, uh, with spring ball? I mean, is it even possible to play two seasons within eight months yeah. Or, or yeah, like what's going to happen there? What do you think?
3: Well, I do find it funny that health and safety is the number one concern of the conference. Yet we're talking about putting uh, the football players out on a field, in March or April and giving them three, uh, three months off uh, as opposed to nine months off or eight months off, right? We're cutting the recovery time in half. And there's a reason yeah. why these kids take that kind of time off because guys that get banged up and suffer serious injuries the previous year need nine months to recover for the following season. So if a, if a if a star player, if a star sophomore player, for example, who's got at least one more year, anybody who's got at least one more year not just of eligibility, but where, the, where you know they're coming back. Like if you've got a star quarterback who's a junior, yes, he's got eligibility, but we, there's no way Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, guys like that are coming back to college football. The minute they're eligible for the NFL, uh, they're gone. So I'm talking right. about guys that we kind of know we're going to come back and have to spend at least one more year. Sophomores, freshmen and sophomores in, uh, in college. Those guys go out and they get hurt in the spring. Uh, ACL, you know, whatever, for example. Uh, Liz Frank, Achilles, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're done. They're not going to play in 2021 in the fall. They are finished because they will never have enough time to recover. So that's a factor for me. You know, how kids bodies get beat up, uh, during the spring session and then have to come back again, do it in the fall is a concern. Liability issues. There would also be a concern. Uh, you know, keep in mind for people that say, well, what about spring practice? What about spring football? They don't do anything in spring football. Yeah. They're in helmets and shorts in spring football. And the spring game is basically just a freaking glorified practice. It's a it's a goddamn walkthrough for trying out loud. There's no contact in spring football, hardly at all. So if they play, you know, seven or eight games in the in the spring of full contact, actual what you would see in the fall football, that's totally different than what these guys have done their entire life. And nobody has any idea how the players would respond to that. Nobody has any idea if the fans would even be into it. Nobody has any idea how many games you could play. Would there be a final four? Would there be bowl games? We have no idea what the hell that thing would look like. And I got to tell you, people that say, I don't like it, or I'm not in favor of it. I don't want that, for example, or I'll love it. I can't wait to see it nobody has any idea how they'll respond to something like that because you've never seen it before. It's just like people that, you know, tried to bag on baseball and the 60-game baseball season or the NHL bubble or the NBA bubble. Uh, let's, let's, let's try it. Let's see how we feel about it, and maybe we'll get to week three or four in March, and if it's terrible and we hate it, then we've made up our decision. I, I just don't want college football to be starting something in February and then having to shut it down in April or late March because players are dropping like flies and getting banged up. So, I guess I'm kind of a long-winded kind of way, man. There's a part of me that thinks, you know what, maybe you're better off just shutting the whole thing down, regrouping, getting everybody ready, getting your ducks in a, you know in a row, trying to figure out who's going to play, who's going to go to the NFL, who's coming back, and we'll see you in September of 2021 because the other factor there, if you play in the spring, can you play a full Twelve game schedule starting in right. September, and you if might you be don't, missing
1: two seasons, right? It, yeah. It,
3: yeah, well, uh, not just two seasons, but you'd be missing two con- two 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 non conference schedules. You've already yeah. lost one game in Michigan. If you're Washington, can you afford to you know miss another one? So there's a part of me, and there's also a part of a lot of people I talk to that think it might be the best idea just to shut her down and just target September of 2021, which would suck because that means you're waiting 20 months. 20 oh my months. God. Washington plays in the Vegas Bowl in December of 2019. It'd be 20 damn months until you saw him back on the field, and that stinks.
1: Yeah, no, that's <laughs> it's just awful. It's just awful. What do you think the chances are that the SEC, ACC, and now you know it looks like the the Big 12 are are all pushing forward? Do you think, if you right. have to guess, do you think that they're going to be able to even uh, a actually start their season? And if they do, do you think they'll be able to play it out? I mean, again, this yeah. is. It's impossible to really predict, but for, for people you've talked to, what do you think is, is the most likely outcome there? Do you think they're actually going to go through with this? Yeah.
3: Well, it's hard to imagine. It really is. You know, it's hard to imagine three conferences going in Power 5 and two of them not. I mean, that just sounds absolutely ridiculous. It seems foreign. It's, it, it, it's, it's hard to even digest the idea of 60% of Power 5 playing football and 40% not, but it sounds to me like the SEC – and the Big 12 and the ACC in a lot of ways, that they got access to the same information the Pac-12 does and that the Big 10 does. I don't think the doctors in those conferences are are hiding anything from anybody. I mean, hell, it was on Twitter. You can go back and look at the Pac-12 medical report. Nicole Harblock from The Athletic had it today on her Twitter account. So this is public information. If I can read it, then Greg Sankey can read it, who's the commissioner of the SEC. You know, all these guys can read it. So they obviously have made a decision that they're willing for now – to accept the risk that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten were not willing to accept. So you go from point A to point B is, okay, how many flare-ups do you have in camp? All right, then how many flare-ups do you have during the regular season? Uh, how many flare-ups is too much? How many hospital visits is too much? I think what we got to get around here is the idea that if a kid gets COVID, it's not the end of the world, right? I mean, kids, kids are going to get COVID, just like players right. in the NFL are going to get COVID, baseball players are going to get COVID NBA hockey, anybody playing organized sports right now has a chance to acquire the virus, but how do you respond? How does that guy quarantine? How many people does he come in contact with after he tests positive? Is he showing symptoms? Is he in the hospital? Is he asymptomatic? I mean, these are all questions that need to be answered. And frankly, I think that there are some folks out there, Stephen, that want nothing to do with one player testing positive. And if that's the case, And the Pac-12 made the right call to shut down. But I think the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, they think of it differently. They're not going to panic. They're not going to, you know, go for the dramatics just because a kid has tested positive for the coronavirus. And by the way, you know, not having these kids play in the fall means that they don't have as much structure fall as they normally have. Yes, a lot of them are staying on campus for meetings, workouts, all that kind of stuff but they don't have anywhere near the structure throughout right. the week that they would have had oh, there would so have that was, been a college football yeah, season. Yeah, that's so these gonna guys say, could go out anyway. and acquire the virus just as easily, man. Yeah, or,
1: we're, or or more easily. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's really difficult. Now um, one of the things uh, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on here is if the SEC and ACC do in fact uh, go forward I'm thinking about a guy like Elijah Molden who decided to come back for his, his final year here at Washington. He has the possibility to, you know, really increase his draft capital, uh, but not yeah. if he's watching from the couch like you and I, do you think players like him or, or others who, who could make it on a roster in the ACC SEC pretty easily yeah. uh, guys like yeah. Justin field, do you think they're going to try to transfer? No,
3: Justin Fields, I don't think so. Trevor Lawrence, uh, if, if the ACC, for whatever reason, doesn't go. You know, players like that. Penny Sewell would be a better example because the Pac-12 has already shut down the starting left tackle for Oregon. Penny yeah. Sewell and Justin Fields are probably top ten picks in the Regardless. NFL draft. So, Yeah, so, yeah, so th- those guys, the idea of going and transferring somewhere, I don't think makes a lot of sense unless they love college football, which I don't think that they do love it enough to go out and risk injury. And, you know, uh, uh, change their draft status. I mean, the best example I can give you that, you know, Michael Porter Jr. uh, Coming out of high school was a top five pick in the NBA draft, Uh, goes to Missouri, uh, breaks his back, misses almost the entire season and sees his draft status fall by about six or seven spots. So in the end, Michael Porter Jr. probably would have been better off from a draft perspective of just not playing college basketball at all. And just sitting out and training for a year the way some other guys are doing. So, from a football perspective, if you're Penny Sewell and you're Justin Fields, players like that, I believe, are playing college football because they have to. Because they Mm -hmm. can't go to the NFL. Okay? Now, their seasons are over. So, what do you do? Do you go transfer somewhere else and risk blowing your knee out? Or do you just say, you know what? If we're not going to play and I don't have to play – but I have to sit out one more year because i got to be three years removed from high school to play in the NFL, I'll go sign with an agent and I'll go train for the next year and get ready for the draft next April. So I think guys like that that are already locked for the first round likely would sit out. A guy like an Elijah Molden, a guy like a Levi Onzerike, maybe a guy like a Joe Tryon, for example, uh, may say, yeah, you know what, if I can go play somewhere else and increase my draft stat, maybe I'll do something like that. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see... What the NCAA allows, what they don't allow. You mentioned New Neuheisel on the air with us yesterday. He thinks the NCAA is going to have no choice but to grant immediate eligibility for these guys because right. their teams aren't playing, right? I mean, how do you tell a kid you can't go play for shutting things down for 2020? So I think the NCAA may have a bit of a quagmire here, and they may have no choice but to let these guys go play somewhere else. And guys that are juniors and seniors, hell, if you're a senior, you absolutely should be allowed to play right away. And if you're a junior – and you were going to go to the NFL anyway, it's hard to tell a kid he can't play somewhere else, man. So it's a, it's a friggin' mess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think about like, so we do, like, we talk obviously a lot of fantasy sports and stuff like that. And, and I think about guys like, you know, Chris Olave, uh, wide receiver for Ohio state who, he, who really had some, some beautiful moments last year, Had like 12 touchdowns and, you know, but he was behind a couple of guys that got drafted and, and uh, he's one of these players who right now, if, if, he doesn't get to play again he's probably going to be a round two round three pick but if he has the opportunity to play with a quarterback like Justin Fields he could have really elevated his his stock and it's just such a shame for these guys that they they may not have that opportunity uh, so so I really hope I really hope that the, some of them at least can have the opportunity to transfer and play um, but yeah. the last question for you is, is regarding recruiting uh, do you think the Pac-12 is and the Big Ten of course do you think they'll take a hit um with recruiting because of because of this and and what do you think might uh might the ncaa have to do regarding uh scholarships and and stuff like that with uh you know possibly having a grant an extra year of eligibility and right. stuff like that
3: well yeah i mean i think if you're if you're taking away a chance for a kid to play period in 2020 which this is not the NCAA doing this. This is the conferences doing this. Right. Uh, and I think you got to give a kid an extra year. You know, if a kid is a sophomore right now and he was looking at, you know, three more years left that uh, you can't say that, well, you're going to burn one of those years doing nothing. Cause we're not going to play football. And then you come back and you got two years left. I'm sorry. That sounds ridiculous to me. So I think everybody gets an extra year. It just, you know, everything just rolls over. If they want it, they can take it. If they don't, they can leave it. But I think from an NCAA perspective, you're going to have to give these guys the extra year and you're going to have to guarantee their scholarship, which basically means a lot of these players are going to get paid or the school will be on the hook to cover them financially, which means academics and everything else that comes along with being a football player, they're going to be spending an extra year, you know, one extra year on a lot of players. And that's a lot of money, you know, coming out of the budget. I mean, and and, and, uh, Stephen, keep it, I just keep this in mind that not only are we doing that for football players, But you're doing that for volleyball players, cross-country athletes as well. And on top of that, you're paying the extra year for the spring athletes from last year that had their seasons blown to hell. And they're Mm -hmm. coming back again for an extra year this year. So the amount of money that (laughs) these schools are going to have to spend to cover these extra years for these athletes is ridiculous. And they're the ones making that call, right? I mean, the Pac-12 made that call. Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA. The president's made that call. So either A, they feel like they've got the money and they can take care of it or B, they have a plan to lay people off, furlough people, and God forbid, cut sports and cover their ass that way. So I'm very curious to see what the financials look like when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it, I mean, it already is, but it's going to, it's we're just entering into the, to the mess. There's still so much ahead that we don't know. And, Oh man, it's it's such a bummer. And you know, I I I didn't want to tell you this off the start, but uh being a huge Oregon Ducks fan, um, and our oh, our 2021 recruiting class just being absolutely insane and now like not knowing what this is gonna mean for the future and just you know, all that, like even but I mean, even if you know you're not a top 10 ranked program, like uh like if you're a Huskies fan right now, um <laughs> I just had to throw a little dig in there. Um, like it's yeah. such a bummer because like you don't know what this is gonna mean for the future. I mean, the Pac twelve, like I mean, you guys have a new coach in Jimmy Lake. He's trying to build something special there. You've got um teams like Oregon that, that are are really um solidified under their coach Cristobal. And now you you, you lose a year, who knows what is gonna happen in, in the in the in the short term here. It's it's really it's really a shame. Right.
3: Well, I just think this, uh, I was talking to John Canzano this morning about that, you know, which which fan base is more down about 2020 not happening. And, I mean, I think it's got to be Oregon, right? You guys probably felt like you had a better chance to win the North, you know, maybe a chance to do some damage. I mean, um, you know, uh, the quarterback is obviously up in the air. You got Shupp, you got guys like Millen fighting for the job, obviously. So, who knows who would have taken over for Justin Herbert. But, you know, the idea that there were some fans that were pumping up Penny Sewell, Maybe not to win the Heisman, but at least to get to New York. And that's not going to happen. You know, an appearance in the Pac-12 championship game, not going to happen. A lot of guys on this football team that are going to be draft eligible are going to be gone. You know, Penny Mm -hmm. Sewell likely will never, ever, 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 ever play again in Oregon. His time is over. Uh, You know, guys in that secondary that are so good, their time is likely over. So, you know, all the time that the coaches have put in in getting these guys ready for this moment, And now it's not going to happen. You know, for the coaches, it sucks. All the practice time, all the film room, the weight training, everything that they've done to put them in a position where they are at their best as upperclassmen to go out and win a Pac-12 championship. And that's not just at Oregon. That's at every school in the Pac-12. Utah, UW, all those schools, you put in all this effort, you get to within five feet of the top of the mountain, and then they pull the fucking plug on you. Sorry, but it
1: sucks. (laughs) It sucks. I was depressed already, but you really just encapsulated it so well. Like, oh my God, he just got me, You got me even more riled up. (laughs) I, uh, well, it's just, uh, it's,
3: it's it's tough on everybody. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the wrong decision by the fact 12, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. You know, I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't have a damn clue about all this stuff. I, I, I think we have to really wait and see, man, how this plays out. And I'm telling you right now, If the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 play and they get away with a season relatively unscathed, it's going to make the Pac-12 look awful because the perception of the Pac-12 to begin with is that they're soft. And somebody says, well, what about the Big 10? Well, the Big 10 doesn't have the perception the Pac-12 does, right? The Big 10 will take a hit, but not like the Pac-12 does. The Pac-12 is starting from the toilet. The big, mm-hmm. tw- the big Ten does not have that perception that the Pac-12 does. So a conference that is already looked at by a lot of people as soft is going to look even softer. And that concerns me for recruiting. It concerns me for the perception of the Pac-12 down the road. Big time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's spot on. Um, I, I guess the uh, the only silver lining we have right now is that at least the, uh, the Seahawks had their first official camp practice at the VMAC today. So uh, hopefully, yeah. we still have some some Seahawks football to look forward to, and, and the NFL in general. But I know for for guys like ourselves who who really do care so much about college football, um, and and even just like the players and the coaches, like you said, it's a real it's a real heartbreaker.
3: Yeah, it's a bummer, total bummer. So you know, we'll see. I'm curious to see how we get through this. And you know, uh, from a radio perspective, we're going to do a lot of Husky stuff. You know, players, coaches, ex players, blah blah blah. We're not going to just forget about UW and. I would think that stations in Portland, Eugene would do the same thing. You know, you want to stay relevant if you're the Ducks and stay relevant if you're Washington. So these guys are going to have a lot of work to do, you know, to keep themselves at top of mind for sports fans who will just gravitate to the NFL and yeah. maybe even gravitate to other conferences around America. I'm already seeing fans on Twitter talking about adopting teams for 2020. So oh, it's man. it's yeah. lunacy, man. It is, it is, it is just hell on earth from a football fan's perspective. And, Something you never, ever, 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 ever did I say ever, ever thought you would have to deal
1: with, man. It's 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 a bummer. It really is. Well, uh, Softy, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, yeah, everyone, go give uh, Dave a, a follow at Softy KJR on Twitter. Uh, check out their show. Uh, they'll be on in just a couple of hours here. So so thanks again, Dave. Really appreciate your time. All right, man. Go dogs. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.
2: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.